We know you're busy. Bills to pay, mouths to feed, and the man needs another favor. So just in case you missed what happened on the fan today, we got your back. And even if you did hear it live, you probably need to hear it again. Here you go, all in one place and in just one hour. The best of the best from today on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. This is Instant Replay. Play, play. Earlier on the Wake Up Call with KB and Andy. Just generally, I would say this. First couple things pop in my head. The All-Star Game is just a horrible product of basketball. Um, There was a lot of talk and hype. What will the game be like? It it really has come down to just how far can you shoot and who hits the most threes during the game. Like, that's, that. I mean, that that decides the game. Yeah. and I, I love the booze for Damian Lillard. I, I oh, really fantastic. hope that we've get we get more of this Bucks Pacers <laughs> rivalry. Honestly, Andy, they should have stopped the game after Halliburton hit his fifth three and handed him the MVP. Then, well, I mean, Halliburton played twenty seven minutes. Uh, the only one on the East to play more was Damian Lillard. This is Doc Rivers. The only good thing Doc Rivers has done for Damian Lillard or the Milwaukee Bucks in two weeks. That's it, right there. I love it. Yeah, you boo him. That's Boo Lillard right off the stage. Seven That's to five fantastic. was the MVP <laughs> vote for Lillard. I honestly thought like co-MVP and, and Lillard gunned and he clearly, I mean, his post-game comments said it, he clearly was going for this award. But I, I, I just, I don't know if I can get all up in arms about it because the game is so <laughs> bad. I don't care that the game's bad. Like I was, I was driving in listening to ESPN radio, and but it takes like all the were, big dudes out of the game. I know, they like were, I mean, Jokic shouldn't even be on the floor. Really. They were, they were. And by the way, Jokic and Luca, like can Luca, jump over a phone book. My man was uh, was moving in slow motion, if you will. Stuffed by the rim. On one of those I just listen. Attempts. The NFL took this out of our control. The NFL's like, all right. Everyone's going to keep complaining about our game. We're just going to make it a flag football game and then, you know, have Gardner Minshew, a third or fourth rate quarterback in the NFL, throw at some cones. Like, that's like, we're just kind of, I don't know if we're giving in, but we're kind of giving in. I understand it's not at the end of the season why the NBA cannot do that. But here's the thing I have never in my radio career had the, and I know nationally this will be a story. Okay. I've, again, I've already heard it on ESPN radio. The, the complaining about the game. Like, I just, I don't have it in me, KB. Like, I knew what we were going to get. I knew we were going to get no defense, logo threes, walk-in layups, walk-in dunks, and you can't do anything about it. Baseball tried. Baseball said, we're going to make this home field advantage in the World Series, which was about the dumbest rule that's ever been created in sports. So, I don't know. I mean, do you really care? Well, see, that's, they score 200 that's points? the domino effect for me. If I don't care about the game, how can I care about the MVP award? Well, I don't care about the MVP right. award. Yeah, but but Indiana fans will care. You know what I'm about saying? Though, the like, MVP it's just award. like okay, oh, I'm with you. You know, Lillard versus Halliburton <laughs> shooting from the volleyball line. That's pretty much Listen, what it came it was down to. A great to. weekend for Halliburton yeah, and awesome the Pacers. Weekend. It, Turner, loved it. Matherin, like, the whole atmosphere. Um, like I just found myself driving in this morning, being like, and again, I am heavily biased, Andy, but it's just like. I'm proud of our city being able to put on the type of event that I felt like was put put on. I mean, from an efficiency standpoint, from a passion standpoint, from sure. a uniqueness standpoint, to me, when you're putting on these sorts of events and they're annual events, that's how you separate your yourself from other, you know, cities. And whether it is, again, passion, the efficiency, or the uniqueness, 
I feel like we routinely check all of those boxes. And, and like, I am heavily biased. I am the exact wrong person to sit here and give some, you know, unfiltered take on because I, I clearly I want these events to be in our city more than they have been. Uh, but the you know times that I was downtown all weekend long, I felt like we did an outstanding job with that. It's unfortunate that Mother Nature reared her ugly head for really like the first time in hell months uh, with the weather there, but didn't think it was too much of a hindrance there. And now, if you're Tyrese Halliburton, you do absolutely nothing today. You treat this day like it is literally Sunday after a bachelor party, and you don't show your face. You don't get out of bed. He, he has an IV you, brought uh, to him, brought to his room, he wherever needs. he's at. Okay. You don't need to do it. I mean, I'm watching him last night. I'm sitting there at uh, at Cambridge Fieldhouse. I'm like, he's still wearing, he's wearing the back pad when he comes over. He's like you in between breaks. Are, are I'm you, like, are you wearing the back pad simply in solidarity, uh, solidarity uh, with Tyrese Halliburton? What's going on with you? It, him and I are doing the Spider Man meme. The back, how is the back? By uh, the way, it, okay? it, is, it is getting better, All but right. uh, yeah, like Halliburton. Sure Twenty degree weather really helped over the weekend. I'm still doing that. So yes, <laughs> it is rest, rest, rest. We'll have Rick Carlisle on tomorrow. The Pacers will get back to practice tomorrow, Thursday, their first game, and then we reset. And we move forward to the final 26 You put him in season. one of those stand-up things where they, they, they turn the temperature all the way down to like 100 below. Have you seen those? I've never actually been in one of those. And then they have the thing that looks like a sleeping bag, those chambers. Yeah, That's I'm not, what he needs to be in for the next 24 hours. I am absolutely not not tough enough to <laughs> I, last there. I will say, and I think Mark Dighton, uh, he was down there nearly the same time. So the Fan Fest, the crossover... Uh, we either did the best job of promoting that KB or they didn't need our promotion because I think everyone in Indianapolis was, was, at, was at the NBA crossover on Saturday afternoon. Like, I mean, everyone in the city in Indianapolis. That thing was fun. I mean, <laughs> yeah. we, had, we it was a pain in the ass getting out of there, but it was a fun as hell time. I don't know if any either of you went, but it was oh, yeah, it was KB, really yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My daughters had a blast. There Good was job. Players left and right. There was a G League slam dunk contest going on. I ran it was in, really, really cool. I ran cool. into uh, and I'm not exactly sure which rendition he's going by, but I, I nearly ran and looked up, nearly ran into Ron Artest. Oh, yeah. And that I would be one of the last people you would ever want to see because that is a scary, menacing individual who still looks like, you know, he could go out and give you 12 and 8 tonight. I thought we you know, one of the coolest moments of All-Star Weekend for me was last night inside of Gamebridge Fieldhouse. I think it was after the first quarter, the Pacers honored some of their former All-Stars. Um, I don't know, nine, ten of them put them on the Jumbotron, and you know it was such a long time out, you actually had a good amount of the NBA current All-Stars looking at the Jumbotron and watching. I'm looking down there, Tyrese Halliburton's clapping after each one is introduced. One of the loudest cheers for any of them was our test, easily. I mean, certainly Reggie had Reggie, and that goes sure. without saying. Jermaine O'Neal, very deserved recognition. But I thought pretty cool. Ron you know, rocking his Pacers hat there. Uh, basketball indoor theme park. That's what I called it Friday during the show. Uh, I thought the crossover was great. Yeah, it was packed. Tons of great activation stuff over there. Um, I, you know, Saturday night inside of Lucas Oil, guys. I, I feel like the one thing that needs to become annual for the All Star Game is, and Caitlin Clark's presence will only help this. I think probably the best moment of the weekend, or at least one of them, was Steph versus um, Sabrina, Sabrina. Nascu. Yeah. I mean, when she hit those first six or seven threes to open up Saturday night, that was that <laughs> that might have been the loudest cheer of the night. Inside of that building. And you had the Pacers win a team event in that arena. I thought that was really cool. Like, dunk contest. It, it, nowadays, we have seen, I think, so many of the dunks. It just rewards the little guy. 
And Mac McClung has it happened with Nate Robinson. Remember, he missed like thirty three dunks in a row. Yeah, it's just like you watch Jalen Brown dunk, or you watch yeah. you know Jaime, or even you know Toppin's I brother. Top, I thought Toppin was pretty good actually. Right, yeah. but it's like you just walk away and you aren't as blown away as you used to be because these guys are just so athletic and they make it look so easy. Mac McClung, it's like wow, he is really springy. He's dunking over Shaq. He you know he did kind of the double clutch with the ball, one of his early dunks. That was but, the best dunk of the night, I thought. That the one. the I, one where he like dropped the ball and yeah, caught, it like again. caught it and caught it again. I, I, thought, and that, it I thought that was. I agree with you. I I did think as an aside that was that was pretty clean. I you, you like the uh, the uh, the lid there the floor. How did that LED look? floor? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I I thought it was cool. Uh, you know, I I enjoyed like the variety of different floors sure. that you saw. Again, for me inside of Lucas Oil, this goes back to the announcement last summer, and this goes back to what I said a few minutes ago. How do you separate yourself from these other All Star cities? And what did our host committee decide? Hey, instead of having every single event inside of our NBA arena, what if we go across the street and keep it in the downtown radius, but double the amount of people you're going to get in the building? And sure, it is at the end of the day, it's still a basketball court in a football stadium. Like the intimacy of that is not going to be great. But at the end of the day, if you get 35,000 people in there and you open it up to an extra whatever, 16, 17,000 people, that to me is all that matters. And that was kind of what I felt inside of Lucas Oil Stadium on, on Saturday night there. So uh, good Monday morning. I don't know if we've even said that. Good Monday morning to our audience out President's there. President's Day. Happy President's Day Happy to everybody. Happy President's Day, certainly. Kid, kids have off, right, Mark? Your kids are off oh, school? Oh, yeah. They, they were up late last night. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be- No school. You can stay up. <laughs> Maddie's okay. like, oh, gosh, can you please leave the show right as it ends to come home and help out? So... Uh, yes, good luck to everyone out there dealing with that here on this Monday morning. Tony East saw him last night in the building, 8.30 today. Greg Doyle also in the building last night coming up at 9 o'clock. Do- Doyle called uh, Lillard a pig. I love that. Lillard love was that. gunning. That? I did think, <laughs> honestly, the most memorable part of last night, I think we'll like, if anyone even goes down this path, it'll be like, what do you remember from the NBA All-Star game in Indianapolis in 2024? I think the Halliburton flurry to start the game oh, absolutely. will be the most yeah. memorable moment. But Lillard literally just stepping into half-court shots and hitting the both <laughs> both of them that he took, I thought Halliburton deserved MVP unquestionably. But then when Lillard hit the second half-court shot, and it literally looked like he was just stepping into a free throw, Yeah, I'm like, gosh, he is really talented. Yeah, and he's, he's also going, at that point, you're like, yeah, he's probably going to win the MVP. I don't know. I mean, Halliburton didn't win the MVP, but you got to boo Lillard. I don't know. There is a trade-off there that wasn't so bad, but I mean, honestly, Is this a me, rivalry? Like, it, yeah, is yeah. that Dame time? There's, was there's, was Damian Lillard there's not no passing the ball it. to Tyrese there's Halliburton no doubt about because it. he did his celebration in Vegas? Doc Rivers, uh, the Bucks coach, playing him the most minutes on the Eastern mm-hmm. side. I, I believe in all of that. Uh, I've already made it known. Like, I'm not hot takey about the style of the game. I did think, like you, maybe until the end, that Halliburton was going to win MVP. But I will say this. For people that are mad and want to boo him and call him a pig, I, I, listen, I have no problem with, with any of that. We can get our jokes off this morning. For me, real talk, I just thought it was a good weekend for the Pacers. Like, I want to talk about this at 730, but, you know, I was wrong about about Matherin. Like, I was like, hey, you need to go and bubble wrap for three or four days. And he had uh, a very nice weekend. And for me, it was... It was a celebration, maybe not a celebration, it was at least an acknowledgement from the NBA that there is a good young team 
with a good young marketable uh, star here in Halliburton. And it was just a it was just a good weekend. I mean, I mean, from uh, Friday night to Saturday night and into what Halliburton did, the flurry at the beginning. Yeah, again, he could have, should have won MVP, but it was an acknowledgement from the NBA that the Pacers got a little bit of something cooking. And now for me, you know, the the days of acknowledgement and praise and ah, it's a young team and they're up and coming and Halliburton and Matt and having a big weekend and everything else. Now, now it's, let's go win some games. They have been, you know, and that's kind of my thing this morning. We'll talk about it all week is you've had, you've had the up and down play. You've had the injuries. Good God, this team has had some injuries and some in- inconsistent play. Now it's time to be healthy and now it's time to be consistent and now it's time to be good. And And I thought it was a, it was a good recharge and a good celebration for the Pacers and now they get a couple days off and now they got to get going. Thursday, Pistons in town for those that did watch the Rising Stars game Friday night. Boy, circle Benedict Matherin against Jay Nivey the first mm-hmm. time those two are matching up against each other. Yeah, Matherin's just, he's simply crazy. I mean, like, I'm watching the Rising Stars game on Friday night. I'm like, we're about ready to have a fight here. Like, Matherin and Ivy are about ready to fight each other. And I guess, fortunately, it did not get to that. That that is the most competitive aspect to the night. I I guess I don't want people to walk away, Andy, and think, you know, I can sit here and say the All-Star game from any sort of semblance of competitive basketball is an absolute joke. Oh, sure it is. But that doesn't mean I don't think the weekend itself doesn't offer a really nice celebration for those stars. Like, I'm sitting there watching intros last night. I'm like, damn, this is really cool. Like, in our city, you're getting all of this, Big O and Reggie and Larry and all of that. And then, you know, they're showing celebrities at every single time out. I mean, it is a who's who in that building. That is pretty darn awesome for our city to be able to bask in that. Um, I thought the building itself looked great last night. Um, It was fun walking around and just seeing... Um, all of the atmosphere all weekend long and certainly made up for an ugly, ugly weekend college basketball-wise here locally. So plenty to get to on that front. Again, the Colts offseason about to really pick up here, potentially as early as tomorrow. We'll explain that. Michael Pittman has had some comments about business is business. What do we read into that? If anything, as the franchise tag window Opens up tomorrow. Greg Doyle coming up at 9. Thank you for spending this Monday morning with us. It is the wake-up call here. Kevin Bowen, Andy Sweeney, and Mark Dykton on 93.5107.5 The Fan. It's the best of the best from today's broadcast lineup. Instant replay continues in a moment on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. This is Instant Replay. Today on Query and Company. It's Monday. It's 1230. It's Fish. The voice of the Hoosiers, Don Fisher, joining Query and Company on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Obviously a disappointment yesterday for Indiana against Northwestern at Assembly Hall. I would imagine, understandably so, that Don Fisher probably thought, well, Jake's going to ask me about that game and I'm going to talk about it, which we will get to. But on this President's Day, as we bring on the longtime voice of the Indiana Hoosiers, I will ask Don Fisher, Don, if there was a president historically, and by historically I mean not necessarily one like, say, of our lifetimes, but just like over the course of history that you think would have been a fun one to just hang out with for a day, you would pick who? (laughs) 
<laughs> Jake, you're killing me. Um, let me think about it a second. I, I didn't expect the question. Obviously, I don't have a, a prompt answer for you. But Welcome to I my see, life, Don. Uh, uh, yeah, exactly. This is Don, I would think of you as a Teddy Roosevelt guy, like riding around on a horse, maybe go out and lasso up some bison. That seems like something you'd do, right? Who was the big fat president that was a really good <laughs> See? Who was, who was the big fat president that was a good golfer? Well, William Howard Taft got stuck in a bathtub. He was a big that you know, what's interesting, Don, is and I don't know if this is the one that was a good golfer, but but there was an era that I call and I I think I'm the only one that calls it this, there was a presidential era that I simply called the bearded fat guy era because you had like Taft, Rutherford B. Hayes, Grover uh, um Grover Cleveland, like all those guys were bit like, what did they do back then besides not shave and eat junk food? Right. <laughs> it's amazing at golf, apparently. Right. Well, uh, here's the thing. I mean, and I just thought of somebody that I would have probably liked to hung out with from, from a golfing perspective. And that would have been Dwight Eisenhower. Yeah. Well, and that's a fascinating guy all the way around. Right. Just yeah, in general. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. So there you go. All right. So Don Fisher joining us, Don. Uh, I'm driving around yesterday during the game, and I wanted you to elaborate on this before anything else, and that is you came out of a break during the broadcast yesterday, and the dance team, I think, was on on the floor, and you actually pseudo kind of threatened that you might get up and dance for everybody, right? <laughs> well, I had to do something other than pay attention to basketball. <laughs> I was going to say that. It, it Sadly, Don, kidding aside, it, it, it kind of reflects, right, just the – the levity that was necessary in that game because at that point Indiana had gotten down 16 to Northwestern um I just fear Don and I realize that it's impossible for us to know because we're not like in the locker room or at the practices but to put it simply and maybe dangerously has Indiana lost the season here I mean is is this a team that maybe never even fully to begin with had the necessary chemistry, but at this point, are there too many eyes on too many directions? Well, I would say this. Uh, I think this, believe it or not, I would say that this is a pivotal week. I, I And the reason I say that is because Indiana plays a home game against Nebraska on Wednesday night, a Nebraska team that has played well this year, beat Indiana by 16 back on January the 3rd, but it's a Nebraska team that is yet to win a Big Ten game on the road this year. Therefore, I, I give Indiana a solid chance of knocking them off on Wednesday night. Then they travel to Penn State, and they, they play a team that has struggled this season much of the year. They got beat by them at Indiana. Penn State, uh, you know, I don't know how they won that ball game in the sense of uh, Penn State itself because I thought Indiana would definitely handle them at home. They did not do that. So from my perspective, this is another ball game that if Indiana could beat uh, Nebraska on Wednesday, then they've got a shot and knocking off Penn State at Penn State on Saturday. And Penn State got beat by, you know, Nebraska, I think, in their last outing. Um, and Nebraska beat them 68-49. to 49. You know, you wonder if that ball club is ready to give it up. So I, I all I can tell you at this, I think this is two winnable ball games this weekend. If they can get on a little bit of a roll here and this week alone, uh, maybe that transfers into a season that's not lost. But if they don't win these two ball games, and even if they go one and one, I think there's still a, a chance that this team has given up the ship, so to speak. And I don't think that these guys are quitting, but at the same time, they're not playing 
like they're playing for a Big Ten title or anything else at this point. They're still trying to find themselves. And that's the biggest question mark on this basketball team right now is why at this point in the season are you still trying to find yourself? Voice the Hoosiers, Don Fisher is our guest. Don, you spoke with associate head coach Kenya Hunter during the weekly radio show discussing preparation for Northwestern. Two-part question for you. One, is it common for it to be an associate head coach doing that hit with you instead of Coach Woodson? And then two, Hunter had mentioned to you that the inconsistency this year has boiled down to youth and the injuries they've dealt with, most notably Xavier Johnson's absence. Do you see it that same way? Well, I think it's a reality that the injuries have hurt this team. There's no question in my mind, Xavier Johnson, if he's playing up to his capabilities, is playing, you know, will really help this ball club. And he has struggled this year with injuries once again, uh, like he did last year, even though it hasn't kept him out the full season. Uh, Missing a month back in December really hurt him. I don't think there's any question about that. Uh, He comes back, he plays sporadically at that point, then he gets hurt again. Um, so that there's no doubt they were counting on him to be a major factor. That's a reality. Uh, it, it, and, yeah, it sounds like an excuse, but it's also a factor. Um, at the same time, this ball club hasn't gelled. Um, they just, for whatever reason, they'll have a good ball game or at least a game in which they play well and find a way to win it, and then they'll come out and have a, a, you know, one that just they go in the tank on. The, the, the Purdue game, obviously, at West Lafayette was one of those, and they didn't play Purdue well the first time they faced them, and there's a reason for that because Purdue's pretty good, although then Purdue gets beat yesterday by Ohio State, and who would have guessed that? I mean, if you had $1,000 that you had, just somebody gave you 1000 bucks and you could bet it, you'd have bet 1000 bucks they'd have beat Ohio State yesterday, but it didn't happen. So, you know what? Uh, this, is, this is a season that has been up and down for this Indiana ball club. They still have a chance to turn it around here at the end, but there are only six games left to do it, and these two this week, in my mind, are just pivotal. Don Fisher, our guest, the voice of the Indiana Hoosiers. Don, you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty, um, and, and I, I'm legitimately, genuinely asking, so I'm not asking rhetorically. I, I genuinely don't know. Sometimes, in particular, when you have a team like this one that, as you talked about, you know, there's no doubt that Indiana has talent. I mean, Khalil Ware is a talented player. Malik Renew, I think, is a really talented player. Mbako, I mean, it goes on. But in terms of the gelling together, I have always felt like the pre-Big Ten schedule is the perfect time to kind of tinker with lineups and get a feel for who plays well with other combinations and what works that you can go to over the course of the year. Maybe we've gotten away from that a little bit because there's so much priority now on building conference resume before the tournament and, and or excuse me, tournament resume before conference play, et cetera. But did Indiana do that, do you feel like, in, in November and December? Were they getting good enough looks at different combinations early on? I thought they did. I mean, I I can't fault Mike Woodson for the combinations he put out there. I mean, he did a lot of experimenting during the the months of November and December. And he had to do some of it just because of Xavier Johnson being out. Um, So he he had to put different lineups out on the floor. The, The difference has been that the lineups that he's put out there, and I'm not talking about the starters necessarily, but the bench has been so inconsistent of late. I mean, the last month, month and a half, they have just been very inconsistent. Guys coming off the bench, one day they'll give you something, the next day they don't. 
And that's always going to be an issue, especially as you get down toward the end of the season when your ball club needs some help from the bench, uh, especially when guys struggle a little bit like Malik Renew is in the last few ball games. He's been getting into a lot of foul trouble here of late. And without doubt, he's Indiana's probably his – he and Khalil Ware, obviously the two best players on the floor for IU. But when you get one of your best that's struggling at that point – it, it factors in, and then you bring somebody off the bench, and they can't, they, they don't change things for you, or don't help you get better. Uh, it's a real problem. So I, I don't think really, in my mind, I thought Mike used a lot of different combinations during the pre-conference portion of the schedule. Some of them worked, some of them didn't. Some of them carried over to Big Ten play, and here of late, uh, it doesn't seem to be anybody consistently at performing out on the floor. Now, Don, I'd like to know if you would enjoy this or if it would drive you crazy. Apparently, Lyndon Johnson, when he golfed, would Lyndon Johnson on the golf course didn't keep score and would just simply keep hitting shots until he got one that he really liked, and then you would advance. It said that he, people thought he might have swung up to 400 times per round. Now, would you like playing golf with a guy like that, or would it drive you bonkers? Bonkers. <laughs> Absolutely bonkers. You're a playthrough guy, huh? <laughs> uh, you know, I, I well, first of all, being behind I, him would really suck. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and and that at that point, even if he was the president, and he was playing golf. I figured he could take it. I'm going to go up and ask to play through. <laughs> excuse. Usually, when the question begins with "Excuse me, Mr. President," <laughs> you already know your answer, right? Yeah. Or I'll just act like I don't know him and say, "Man, you suck." Can I go through? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Don't run again, by the way, please. <laughs> Don Fisher's our guest, the uh, longtime voice of the Indiana Hoosiers. Um, Don, what player on this roster this year? I guess if uh, I'm going to leave with two positive things here because I don't want to be all negative, Nancy, especially on a holiday, right? I mean, we're coming off a big weekend for the city. Um, give me a player this year that more often than not, you feel has really pleasantly surprised and a guy that you've been happy for over the course of the season, because when his number has been called more often than not, he has played at a high level. Well, I think the guy that probably has played the best this year for this ball club consistently because he plays so hard is Trey Galloway. I know he doesn't shoot the basketball sometimes like we thought he would this year, especially from the three point line. But I think this guy has played out of position the entire season. I think he's a three, uh, more so than a one or a two. Uh, he's one of those guys that, that has taken on the role of the point guard a great deal of the time, of handling the basketball, getting it where he needs to go. He has 12 assists in the ball game yesterday, uh, which, which, you know, it's a career high for him. But he's been doing a good job of getting the ball where it needs to go when it's been his job to do so. I just think, and from a consistency standpoint, there's nobody that plays harder on this basketball team than Trey Galloway. And I thought that would be the case throughout the year before the season began. I also thought he would shoot the ball better consistently from three point from the three-point line since last year. He was right at 47% for the season. And I didn't shoot volumes, and he still hasn't shot volumes this year other than a couple of ball games, but at the same time, last year he was consistently knocking down the three, and this year has been very sporadic. Okay, so Don, here's here's your homework assignment, okay? I'll give you a week to prepare. But next week, we're going to do something fun when, when, when you join us, aside from talking about this year. But to, to be positive, because I want to be a positive guy about IU basketball. To be positive, each week we're going to end the segment 
where I'm just going to ask you about one of your favorite Indiana players from yesteryear, not even necessarily in terms of their on-court production, but just a guy whose story you always felt like exemplified what you would want out of a student athlete, a guy that you just thought, you know what, I just always pulled for that guy and he's done well in life and he's just been a good citizen, a good ambassador for the sport. So all right, I'll, I'll I'll look. I won't look that up. I'll just think about it. <laughs> that way, that that comes with more preparation than quickly off the top of your head knowing that William Howard Taft was a guy that golfed a lot, which is impressive. Yeah. Actually, that you knew that. I was impressed by that. Yeah, um, well, I I knew that he did golf quite a bit, and and I don't know how good a player he was, but I don't think he was like Lyndon Johnson and. <laughs> And 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 that's the other thing. That, don't even get me started. I shouldn't even be talking right now because I'm going to put a big foot in my mouth. Well, the, the interesting thing for Lyndon Johnson would be that when it came to golf, he wanted as many swings as he can get. But when it came to the presidency, he walked away when he still had an opportunity to run again. That would be the interesting thing, right? The dichotomy there of Lyndon. Apparently, you know what I mean? Maybe he should have taken more swings. You know, I mean, we can go on and on and on. But, Don, you know, not to yeah. steal Jake's thunder, but uh, the late George H.W. Bush once said, it's amazing how many people beat you at golf now that you're no longer president. Let's just say you have an opportunity to play golf with an active sitting president at any point in time throughout history, and you have a putt to win it. You're, you're knocking that in, right? You're not you're not missing for, for the big guy in the Oval Office, right? Well, if I don't have the yips, I'm going to knock it in. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, Don Fisher, the voice of the Indiana Hoosiers, inside Indiana basketball with Mike Woodson tonight at 7.05. You can hear that right here on this radio station. Don, a pleasure as always. Happy President's Day to you. Same to you guys. Thanks I, for having me. The See president ya. of broadcasting in Indiana, Don Fisher. It's the best of the best from today's broadcast lineup. Instant replay continues in a moment on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. This is Instant Replay. Previously on the Wake Up Call with KB and Andy. All right, from the Indianapolis Star, Greg Doyle joining us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Greg, good morning. Thank you for joining us. Uh, I know you wrote a column about this, so I uh, want to give you a chance to kind of uh, long form talk about it, if you will. Dame Lillard, the amount of shots he took, winning the MVP from Halliburton last night. Go ahead, my friend. Well, it was disgusting. Uh, it, listen, this was this is not a game. We all saw it. This is not a game where. If you're really good, you're going to win the the MVP. This has become a game. Last night it was a game where whoever takes the most shots on the winning team is going to win the MVP because there's no defense and all these guys are great. You know, you give basically shoot around. You give them shoot around shots, they're going to make most of them. That's what we saw. So whoever whoever decides, you know what, I think I should get the MVP is going to go get it. And Lillard decided early on, I think I'm going to go get the MVP. And they said. Halliburton was the guy. It's his city. He was the guy in the first quarter, 15 points in 90 seconds. At that point, it's pretty much over. Just play the game out, let everybody get equal shots, and he's going to have 50. But they didn't do that. And because Halliburton himself, and it's his fault, really, in, in a way, he's so selfish, he actually thought he was playing basketball. Poor guy. He, he was passing the ball to everybody, including Lillard. So I'm just, I'm just ticked off. You know, it's, I'll get over it. We'll all get over it. But this is a once-in-a-lifetime event for our city, but for Halliburton in our city, and we love Halliburton. And it wasn't his moment out of pity, out of anything. It was his moment, and Lillard said, nah, I'm going to go ahead and take this moment from you. He, he's a pig. He's a ball hog. 
Greg, thank you for the time here on this Monday morning. Um, I'll leave it pretty open-ended. What was the favorite thing you observed from All-Star Weekend? What was the thing that you did not like the most from All-Star Weekend? Favorite thing I observed was the Krista Moore house. It was, uh, I was there on the NBA Legacy, NBA Cares Project. It was Thursday. They unveiled about a quarter of a million renovations to the Krista Moore house, which is a west side in Hallville community center where they do education and all kinds of stuff. I mean, they, they, you, you should walk through the halls of there. It's, it's so humble and beautiful and selfless. And, and the flyers they're handing out for, you know, things like, you know, here's how you get your GED, for example, if you need that. And they, they're, they're, it's the real world. Does it, do we want any kid to aspire to the GED? Of course not. But in the real world, for some kids, that's the best they're going to do. And, and the Chris Moore house, and it, it's a lot more than that. I'm just saying that's an example of the kind of thing that they, they don't want you slipping through the cracks. And so the NBA and the Patriots came along and added a whole lot of spackle. And it was beautiful. And I saw 50 kids on the floor just agog at Miles Turner and people like that. The governor was there. It was, it was beautiful. You know, that, the, the All-Star game comes to town, and there were three events. Friday night was the Rising Stars. Saturday, of course, we, we all know, you know shooting the, the slam dunk and all that, and the game was Sunday. I was originally supposed to do all three, um, my choice, and then decided, no, I, I need to write about the Kansas City you know, shooting. I just need to write about that because now the sports world's coming our way, and what is IMPD doing you know, to stop it if it happens here? And then the Chris Morehouse thing happened, and I was just really happy to write about two real things. I wasn't happy to write about shooting, but I was write, happy to write about real stuff because the All-Star Weekend, it was, I'm glad it's here. I'll be done soliloquying in a minute, but I'm glad it's here. Millions and millions, tens of millions, whoever, who knows how much it, benefit we get out of this. Glad it was here. The only problem with it is that there's an actual game they play and, and everything else about it, you know, just kind of, I'm, I'm sorry to be the Grinch, but it all kind of sucks. I mean, it's all, it's all over the top festivities. And, and I, I, get, I get a lot of people, a lot of people like over top festivities. I like real, I prefer real. And there's nothing about that. That's real. You brought up once in a lifetime event and Greg Doyle from the Indianapolis stars with us here on the Payless liquors hotline. You brought up once in a lifetime event. You think better chance our city hosts a Super Bowl again in the next 30 years or an NBA all-star game? Great question. Uh, Super Bowl, Super Bowl. I, I think, it, you know, I, I think they're going to rotate that enough. I, something will happen whether in the next 30 years we get a new, I mean, 30 years, is a long time. And, and Lucas oils, I don't know, 10 years old, however old it is. Uh, we'll get a new stadium perhaps by then. Or something will happen, an ownership uh, shift or something. We'll, we'll need to get rewarded to keep the NFL, the team here. I think that'll happen. Yeah, I think, uh, who, who was it? Herb Simon said last night, they interviewed him on the court afterwards, and he, he was kind of joking but kind of not. And he said, you know, I'm, I'm glad that we, we – I hope you guys all had a good time here in, in town. And I'm looking forward to when we get to host this thing again in, in, in 40 years, I think is what he said. So, I, anyway, neither one's likely to happen anytime soon. If, if you told me to bet, bet money in the next 20 years – Bet everything you got. We will have an all-star game or Super Bowl here in the next 20 years, or we will not. I would bet not. Greg Doyle with us. Uh, Pay Less Liquors Hotline from the Indianapolis Star. Tons of great coverage from the Star, but obviously, Greg, uh, out and about with the people this weekend. I saw you tweet this uh, when you were you know, promoting your appearance coming up on the show here this morning. You wanted to go after Draymond Green as well. Green was really one of the only ones who was outspoken about the game and the weekend being here in Indianapolis, I believe. Yeah, well, you you know, sometimes you can measure yourself by who your enemies are, and uh, and you and you take and you're happy about it. Like there are certain people on Twitter that 
that I've blocked, and I'm like, this is I'm doing something right. If I don't want to allow you access to my Twitter, then I'm you know I'm okay with who I am. And if Draymond Green is the voice against us, then you know you don't want anybody speaking out. But if it's only Draymond Green, I mean that guy, he's he's out of control. He's out of he's immature. He's out of control. He's, he hasn't grown up yet. You can tell by the way he you know he acts. He just he, he he's out of control. And if he's the guy that thinks Indianapolis isn't cool enough, like if he's still playing that card, like brother, you you make twenty thirty million dollars a year. You can fly to Cabo. You can go anywhere you want and have a great time. You don't need the All-Star game to fly you somewhere so you can have fun in February. You can have fun round the clock. The All-Star game isn't about that. It's not about – if you still think the All-Star game is, is about, like, I want to go somewhere for three days and drink somewhere where there's a bunch of strip clubs. If that's what you think you need at this point in your life, then the joke's on you. So he, he doesn't know what he's talking about, but he never he, he rarely does. And, and again, if, he, if he's the voice of the wilderness, I'm okay because John the Baptist, he ain't. And the Red Garter is underrated, from what I hear. I not not from a in person opinion there. Boy, I didn't have John the Baptist on the old uh, bingo card here for Greg Doyle. Uh, Greg Doyle is with us here from the Indianapolis Star. I just voice in the wilderness, though. I I, I agree I with you, Greg. I agree with you I, on that. I one. would just yeah. add one more point too, Greg, to the point of like, okay, why do I need to listen to an NBA player tell me what he wants out of the All Star game? To me, it, it revolves around th- three things. Do you put on an efficient event? Do you put on a creative event, and do you put on a passionate event from people in your community? And there's no way you can tell me otherwise that we didn't check all three of those boxes. No, no way. And especially, you know, we had degree of difficulty. It's like you, you know, you, you got Some people get more credit, like the, the gymnast that tries four flips gets scored on a higher level than the gymnast that tries two. You know, there's, there there is degree of difficulty. And we had snow. We had snow fall, an unexpectedly large amount fall the day everybody was arriving, and that is. That is about as unexpected. I mean, and you know, we've we've seen the worst unexpected events. Okay, uh, I mean, Kansas City. Yeah, let's not go overboard, but that was as far as non tragedies as as unexpected and un- and complicated as an event as we were going to have right before the All Star game, and we still nailed it. We still nailed it, and there, there's just no question we're the best. I mean, when I said I don't think we're going to get a Super Bowl or, or All Star game, not, not because we don't deserve it. We we they should hold, we should be just like the Final Four is here every five or six years, and that's because the NCAA is in town. I get it. We should be on a rotation. For the Super Bowl too, I just it's that good, but I, I think one reason why Draymond probably is is, is whining and, and why we won't get it back again is I think they, the NBA just like the Super Bowl wants their fans to go somewhere where they know it won't snow because they're trying to it's all about money and they're trying to sell as many tickets as possible and as many plane tickets as possible even if you can't go to the game because the games will be sold out but they want people in that town and they know people aren't going to be flying to Minneapolis all that often in January and February but they'll be flying to Atlanta and, and parts south. He's Greg Doyle. He's with us here from the Indianapolis Star. Greg, about 20 minutes ago, Jim Mersey, um, his account, I guess, tweeted, big congrats to Herb and Pacers. A great job of hosting NBA All-Star Weekend. Um, we've seen you know a couple of tweets from Jim in the last few weeks. When do you think's the next time we see him in person? Probably training camp. Uh, I don't know why we would – I mean, in a vacuum – I don't really know why we would see him before that. I don't know that we see him annually at the uh, Combine. Do you, Kevin, I know you go every year. Do, do we see him there? I don't think we do. We don't. The the, the two uh, items on the calendar I would point to of when we do see him annually is in about a month, a little over a month, the league's uh, annual meetings, I believe, in Orlando this year. Ursa, uh. usually, I believe you guys usually send like Joel or Nate Atkins down there for that. 
Um, right. So that is when he uh, typically speaks to the media. And then uh, every draft, the Saturday of the draft, is when he comes into the media room or what. I guess we've gone into his office before and uh, had a little powwow in there. So those those are the two events I've pointed to, um, Greg, of just kind of letting our audience know if it's a normal off season. Owners' meetings in late March, the draft in late April, that is when we typically see him. Then I think we'll see him in late March. Um, I don't have any insight into this, but the only thing I – all I have is common sense, and, and, and despite how much I might attack people sometimes, decency. And my common sense, my decency meter tells me the Colts in no way, after the, everybody had their fears about our say, rumors were everywhere, we all thought what we thought, and none of us thought it was going to be good. And for them to, for him to, for somebody to have tweets coming out from his account implying that he's okay or on the mend or whatever, for that to not be true, for them to, like, we were already prepared for the worst. We, we were, and I don't want to say any more about it, but we were all prepared for the worst. And now for them, if they, there's just no way they would uh, dishonestly, insincerely give us hope that we're not getting the worst. So I suspect he's, Doing, I suspect he's turned a corner, whatever, and I have no idea what corner he had to get around. Zero idea. But I suspect he's turned a corner, and what m- late March is six weeks away from now, which is eight or nine or ten weeks away from when he first tweeted out that, you know, hey, I'm doing okay or whatever. So we'll, we'll see him then. And if we don't, um, we'll know, you know, that, that we'll have clarity, you know, but I, I just I cannot believe the Colts and Ursa and the family would do this frankly, to us, and, and let us think everything's okay if they all know. It's like when you tell your friends, when you, and I remember doing this when I was younger, playing golf with people, and you tell them the night before, yeah, hey, we're, we're going to play golf tomorrow. Have you ever played? Yeah, I've played before. What do you shoot? Yeah, I shoot. I'm a scratch golfer. And you know the next morning you're going to get out there and dump your first tee shot. Well, you don't lie <laughs> when you know you're going to get called out for lying the first chance you get. Like, you don't say you shoot in the 90s and then go shoot a 140. You just don't do that. I mean, some people do, but idiots. The Colts aren't idiots. I think he's going to be okay. Thanks again for listening to Instant Replay because second helpings are always best when the main course is still fresh. Instant Replay on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan.